Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 36. It's now been 10 weeks, six days, since I began my experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings around compulsive eating rather than heading for the chips. And we come back from listening to my inspirational snippet of I'm Letting Go, the beautiful song by Josh Woodward. Today's gonna to be kind of catch-up day. I've got a lot of things I've been up to. I've gotten a lot of feedback from listeners I wanted to address. I just met a couple of neat guys up here at the top of the hiking trail named Nick and Poulin. Hi, Nick and Poulin. I wrote down from my little book, compulsiveovereatingdiary.com, and they're going down the hill and they say they're going to look at the website and give us a listen. And these are guys who, from the outward appearance, wouldn't really have anything to do with compulsive overeating, I wouldn't think. But they were very interested as we discussed some of the underlying issues that might be under compulsive overeating. So I very much appreciate that these guys took the time to listen to what I had to say. So let's do our letting go thing and then more when we return. But I'm letting go, I'm letting go, it's a history that never really grows, I'm letting go, I'm letting go, it's a silent brave companions as always I'm very happy to be reminded by Josh to let go you know there's a lot for us to be letting go of whether it's the self-criticism of our own voice of the expectations that everything's going to be perfect even letting go of the idea that we aren't wonderfully good as we are now I know that's a big stretch right but today is Easter Sunday April 20th 2014 so if you celebrate that holiday, you know that this is a wonderful day of rebirth and renewal that I think teaches a lesson to us all, whatever our religious belief. And today I came up to my topmost Zen spot at the top of the hiking trail because I like to place prayer rocks up here to think about who I feel needs extra help in the universe and who I want to put my mind and send my love to. So today I'm putting my prayer rocks up for all of you, but in particular for Grace, the young lady that I spoke about in episode 35, for my friend in life, Jane, who's going through a hard time with a lot of death and loss at the moment, for my friend in the UK, Cheryl and Sue, actually both my UK friends, have issues that they could use a little extra love and support around. And Cheryl and Sue, I'm sending it out to you today on this Easter so they're probably fast asleep by now from the time difference. I'm not sure. But it's very peaceful. It's a nice temperature. It's not too hot. The birds are singing. You might hear some other hikers if they come up and say hello to me. I hear a little bit of water. I don't think it's going to come up onto the, the podcast, though. But I hear a little stream coming by here at the top of my Zen spot. And let's just get a little caught up. start with my weight report even though I've come to realize that what I weigh isn't nearly as important as how I feel and how I am inside but just to get back to the statistician in me 
Today I weighed 209.4, so I am now down 15.6 pounds. Yay! That means that I've gone past my celebration uptick and my robot alien binge uptick, and I'm now peacefully floating back down the scale to whatever place my body decides it wants to be. I've also come to realize that my original goal, when I started this podcast back in February, early, early, early February, I thought that I would get down to 191 by June. Even the end of June, I thought I would get down to 191. And that was my goal because that was the weight I was when I rode my bicycle all around the big island of Hawaii when I was 50 years of age. And even though I still looked bigger than the average bear, I felt fantastic. I rode my bike up the big hills. I rode all day. We ate. We had a good time. My body was strong. I went swimming and hiking. I felt really, really good. And that year was the last time that I had remembered feeling so fantastically good in my body, just physically good. So I thought 191 would be a great weight to aim for. And it probably still is. I still would like to get back to 191, I think, as an interim goal to see what my body wants to be. But dealing with my overeating issues and really paying attention to myself and also trying to come to terms with not being so compulsive over calories, not being so tied to weighing all my food all of the time, trying to, again, be a person who has an integrated life where food is something that I enjoy, whether it's the taste for itself by myself or if it's a pleasure that I'm sharing among company. I don't want to be scared to go to any party or any social event or go to any restaurant anytime, anywhere because I'm scared of what I can or cannot eat. That's really my goal, is to become more integrated in my life. So that being said, it's probably not good for me to be putting pressure on myself to get down to 191. So I'm telling you today, in the presence of my prayer rocks, rebirth on Easter, that I'm not going to have a weight goal. I'm still going to get weighed and I'm still going to notice what's happening with my body. But I'm switching my goal to how do I feel? Does my body feel good or does my body not feel good? And I have to tell you, I weigh almost 210 pounds, but not quite 210 pounds anymore. Yay! (laughs) And I feel fantastic in my body. I went up the hill today and I really didn't have big issue with breathing. I felt good. I was really just listening to the sounds of nature and listening to other podcasts part of the way up the the hill, smiling at people. Everybody that's out here today was wishing each other Happy Easter, feeling peaceful and alive and good. And my physical body had the energy with my cardio, with my heart, with my breathing to get me up the hill here to my Zen spot. And my legs had the strength and the muscle to carry me up the hill. I had the posture and the balance to make it up here without hurting my back. I feel really, really good. And even if the scale had said 250 pounds to me today, which I probably would have fallen over in a dead faint, but even if it did, if that was my weight and yet I felt this good, today would be a good day. So I'm declaring to you, brave companions, that I weighed 209.4 pounds 
and today is a great day. thing I wanted to talk about was a really cool comment I got from Abby. Hi Abby. Now I love her. She talks to me on Facebook. She sends me messages there. She joined our Spark People team for listeners of the podcast and she's active there. But she sent me a comment here to my website which is my very favorite way to hear from listeners is either through the Bravery Hotline, through SpeakPipe, or through comments because all of those ways spark my my thinking and also give me stories to tell on the podcast. But this one made me think about myself. Abby, you really held up a good mirror to me because she says on day 34, which if you don't recall, that was the day I had to clean off all the stupid CDs that were cat impacted because I felt I was the one who knew how to do it best and I was having a hissy fit over that. Anyway, Abby says, Hey, Lori, it sounds like Mark's lack of skills is earning him a lot of free time lately. It's too bad you're so skilled and have to keep saving the day. Next time, use my mantra from my Spark People account. Don't reward yourself with food. You're not a dog. Also, it's very cute that you still have CDs. Ha! Abby, you're hurting my feelings. No, not really. You just have to remember that I'm so old that I knew when long playing records were kind of a big deal when we used to have 45s on the record player. In fact, one of my very first paychecks that I ever had in life from a full-time job, I bought a stereo turntable and Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd and sat there in my room listening to that record over and over and over and over again until I wore it out and had to buy another. That was my, that was my music. Get a record, put it on the, on the turntable. But that's beside the point. The two things that really struck out to me, struck out, that stuck out to me was it sounds like Mark's lack of skills is earning him free time. Who says Mark lacks skills? I said that. I said, I'm the one who knows how to do it without messing up, basically. I'm the one who can do this job perfectly. That's why this is my job, not Mark's job. And I went back to think of all the really frustrating times that I've had around chores, not only in our house, but at my job, when I secretly was kind of like, oh, I have to do all of these things because I'm the one who knows how to get it done right. Hear that? I have that perfectionism gene for sure. How many times did I not let someone else carry the burden because I took it over? And that's not only snarky for myself, that's kind of condescending and snarking to other people. Mark is an adult man who if he doesn't know a particular thing, has the ability to figure it out, or just ask me, Lori, what's the best way to do this? And then follow through in his own way to getting the job done. And I realize that I've really been kind of snarky in my brain to poor Mark. And Mark is a wonderful, nice man. We're very, very different. And he's just a little bit slower thinker than me. So. Thanks, Abby. I've made a resolution now to be much kinder to my husband, not only in my words, but in my mind. And also, I'm going to divvy up more of our chores between us and let him do it however he wants. Because it's okay for other people to be who they are 
and your comment really reminded me of that. So thanks a lot, Abby. And speaking of SpeakPipe, the way that you all can send me voicemail messages right on the website or from your phone, do you remember Canadian listener Kendra, who I mixed up with Maddie that time I took a walk? I meant to be walking for Kendra, but I said I was walking for Maddie. Turns out that both of them live in cold climates and both of them appreciated my walk. But Kendra sent me this email. Hi, Lori. I'm still listening and I love your podcast. I just wanted to ask if you had ever read Eating in the Light of the Moon by Anita Johnston. I'm really loving it and it is helping my journey. I will call soon and things have been super crazy lately. Well, Kendra figured out how to use the SpeakPipe app in order to leave me voicemail. So that's what I'm going to play for you right now. Hi, Laurie. It's Kendra. I just wanted to say keep up the good work. You're doing fine. Um... Yeah, just keep doing what you're doing and maybe just take a quick look at your diet and make sure you have lots of protein because I don't know if you're anything like me, but I thrive on protein. Uh, it's probably the best thing I learned from OA is uh, their plan of eating. It's plan of eating number two. And it just gives you kind of guidelines about what, how much protein, how much fruits and vegetables that you need to eat. So then you kind of ditch the calorie counting. For me, calories drive me crazy, so I do not count them anymore. Uh, I just got your email. I'm glad that you are interested and you've bought the book, um, Eating by the Light of the Moon. It's awesome. Uh, yeah, just keep up the great work, and I will probably leave you another message sometime soon in the future. All right, have a great day. Bye. Thanks, Kendra. I super, super love this book recommendation. I got the book, and I want to talk about it in a moment. But I also want to address your advice or your suggestion that I look at the protein in my diet. And listeners, that's really kind of a good advice. If you find yourself picking and kind of hungry a lot during the day, one place to look at isn't always, you know, what was my terrible childhood or what is my terrible frustration or what's the big hole in my heart. Sometimes it's a physical issue with the nutrition that your body's getting. So just stop and take a look. And I thought, you know, Kendra's right. I've been a little bit low on the protein lately. My dinner's pretty protein-filled, but I eat a lot of carbs in the morning because I exercise. But maybe those carbs weren't bringing me through until my lunchtime. And so I started adding an egg or a little bit of ham to my breakfast. And I have been seeing that that is making a difference, that I'm able to stay more full and a little less pickish and a lot less bitchy <laughs> by having some protein in my breakfast. So thanks for that tip. The other thing I wanted to say, which I think is so cute, because remember I keep mixing up Kendra, Maddie, Maddie, Kendra. Well, Maddie also commented that she loves eating in the light of the moon. And I made that the resource of the day on day 34. So if you go to compulsiveovereatingdiary.com slash day 34, scroll down to the bottom of the page, you'll see that link, and you can go right to Amazon and get Eating in the Light of the Moon. Now I'm going to give you disclosure. This is an Amazon associate link for me, so anybody who buys anything at Amazon after following this link, I will get like 2% or 3% or some such thing like that. I don't know. It's not very much, but I just wanted to let you know that. Because if you can get this at the library or in a cheaper place, 
I don't care, but I recommend that you get this book however you can get it because it is fabulous. I tell you, I could almost not stop reading it. Now, Stefano and other men that are listening to this podcast, this book is called Eating in the Light of the Moon, How Women Can Transform Their Relationships with Food Through Myths, Metaphors, and Storytelling. So this is really kind of around the woman's experience in life and in the world from a, a storytelling, a mythological, and civilization perspective. That being said, though, if you enjoy stories and folk tales and thinking about what might be under your overeating issues, I wouldn't tell you not to read this book. It might feel a little girly to you, but it's very, very interesting, and I've never seen a book that's written quite this way. And I want to read you just a little snippet to give you an example of what this book is like. Chapter 3, The Beginning Revisioning the Struggle. After the chapter title, then she does a retelling of the Hans Christian Andersen fairy tale about the emperor's new clothes. And I'm just going to recap that for you. Most of us know this story. It's about a vain emperor who wanted the best clothes and to be like a peacock. And these con men told him that they had this great cloth that they could make that only people that were fit for their office could see. So they got all these gold and jewels and things from the emperor to make this wonderful fabric and all of the courtiers and all the people that were with the emperor went to look at it and said oh it's beautiful and gorgeous because nobody wanted to admit that they weren't fit for office and this was the way the whole town was until finally the naked emperor is parading through the town and everyone's going ooh and ah until a little kid piped up and said but the emperor has no clothes on so that was the story that she uses for this next point for a woman struggling with disordered eating, this story has much relevance. At some early point in her life, usually beginning around age four, she was like the small child in the village. She could see things as they really were and was not taken in by others' descriptions of reality. She would pick up on discrepancies between what people said and what they did. She could sense when something was wrong, even when everyone around her said everything was okay. But unlike the child in the story, when this young girl spoke the truth or brought to light things that were not as they seemed, her truth was not well received. Instead, her statements were either ignored or met with fear and hostility from family members or authority figures. She got the message, usually nonverbal, that her ability to perceive the truth, her particular sensitivity to that which was outside the awareness of others was dangerous, that it could bring about ridicule and rejection, abuse and even disintegration of the family a very dangerous consequence from a four-year-old's perspective. And that really, really hit me because I shared with you at the very start of this podcast that I didn't have any kind of love for food at all up till the age of four. And it was around the age of four that I started saying why all the time. It drove my parents crazy. Why this? Why is that? But this is happening. Why not? And I remember, you know, how I was poo-pooed and shushed and told to go away and not to bug people and not to be so curious and not to say these things. Now, I know that I might be filtering these memories through the eyes of a four-year-old girl, right? All moms and dads have busy times in their life when they can't be attending 100% to their little kid. But this is a theme. 
I even remember standing in front of a mirror in my room at that age going, nobody loves me. Daddy doesn't love me. Mommy doesn't love me. My brother doesn't love me. Nobody loves me. That's what I was saying to myself at four years old. And that is a memory I hadn't really thought about until I was reading this book. But I felt very unheard. And when I noticed things around me in the world and people would say one thing and it felt like it was a different thing, I would ask why and bring this up. And, you know, sometimes it's cute when the little kid says something that everybody's thinking but nobody is impolite enough to say. But I was kind of this kid all the time. Why is it like that? Why is this? So I definitely got my share of shushing. And it was between that year of four and five that I started becoming more attracted to the food that my parents were eating. Because that was kind of the way that we celebrated and dealt with feelings was, here, have a popsicle, right? Here, have a cookie. I don't know, here. That was my distraction. Let's, let's have that. So that's a, a small little piece. But this book is just filled with stories and folk tales and interesting points about the psychology of where some of our issues with food can come from that I find just delightful. I mean, I just love stories anyway, and I love the whole aspect of being a storyteller to yourself is a great way to get a handle on this issue. And I was especially tickled because the last half of episode 35 was me coming to terms with my own life story, that I was a natural-born storyteller and that I have never in my life loved anything as much as I love doing this podcast. And it was just like serendipity. Everything I was feeling and telling myself around that podcast, how great I felt about it, was mirrored back to me when I read this book. So I want to thank you again, Kendra, for the recommendation. And thank you, Maddie, for seconding the recommendation. And to all of you, if this even sounds a little bit interesting, go look for Eating in the Light of the Moon by Anita Johnston. And I'll put the link again on day 36. So speaking of episode 35, the first half of that, we were asked by Grace, a listener who prefers to be private. So I used my cat's name in order to address her without revealing her identity. I want to really thank Cheryl and Sue for reaching out and leaving some comments and support for Grace. And I want to ask the rest of you out there, if you're listening and want to say something, you might feel like, I don't want to stir the waters. I'm scared I'm going to say the wrong thing and maybe I'll make it worse. Or I don't want to come out of the shadows. But if you can... Even if all that you're doing is posting a comment of support on day 35, that's what Sue did. She said, I'm posting a comment to let you know that I'm praying for you and I'm supporting you. That's enough. That's huge. When we're alone in our struggles, just to have another human being reach out and say, I care about you. I don't have all the answers, but I care. And if anybody actually has some suggestions or experiences they wish to share, go ahead and put that down. Because just because you give an experience doesn't mean that Grace is going to say, oh, that's what I need to do and let me run off and do it. But it will give her some ideas to bring to her own therapy 
or her own mind or her own team to help her out. So I want to read you some of the comment of Cheryl did for Grace. Communicating with others, being a part of a support system, is what helps us get through our trials. I thought your advice to Grace was well thought out. It's very hard, I would imagine, to be in that place where she's at. For those of us who tend to overeat, Grace's struggle seems kind of alien. I remember looking at a friend of mine from Montreal who was constantly complaining she was overweight, and she's gorgeous, but she's only five foot two, and she finally made me realize that there was really a weight at which her body frame felt most balanced. I couldn't see it. I would have killed to look like her. I think that's why it's important for us to understand Grace's struggle. Because we only know one side of the whole weight merry-go-round issue. So Grace, please do find someone professional to be your anchor as you work through this. The rest of us can be your paddles when you're ready to take your canoe out on the lake for a spin. So what I liked about Cheryl's comment was she was admitting that she can't understand anorexia like I have not had anorexia. So I can't understand 100% what that particular face of an eating disorder is like. I do understand dieting going into a compulsive place that can cause me harm. And that's why I decided to follow through with Grace's request and put out there into the podcast if any of you had any experience or thoughts or just support. And I want you guys out there to listen to Grace's response to Cheryl. Grace emailed me privately and asked me to post this for Cheryl because she so appreciated what Cheryl had to say. Thank you, Cheryl, for your thoughtful comments. I think there's a common thread with all eating disorders, which Lori hit right on the nose, control. Whether your struggle is bulimia, anorexia, orthorexia, binge eating disorder, compulsive overeating, etc., our food intake is one of the few things in our life that we can actually control. Before I struggled with restriction, I had issues with binge eating and secretive guilty eating episodes. I've never had a healthy relationship with food, and I assume that's why many of us are here listening and benefiting from Lori's podcast. Lori is honest, intelligent, and extremely articulate. In fact, her ability to articulate her struggles with food is one of her greatest strengths. Everything I'm thinking but unable to wrap my head around, she communicates to her listeners in a way that just make the light bulbs turn on. I hope that just because my past struggles with restriction does not seem familiar to listeners, that doesn't make them feel like they can't relate to my struggles. I can relate to everything Lori says and many of the comments from my fellow brave companions. Our struggles as human beings is a product of us being people, trying to live our lives. The only way we can overcome our struggles is to do it collectively and understand that being human is our common ground, which allows us to relate to one another on a very basic and empathetic level. I hope that I can help you all and be there to support you too. So brave companions, that made me cry. That comment from Grace made me cry. She's struggling herself and reaching out to us. And so I'm just, I'm really on a fence here because I don't want to bully or manipulate any of you. Honestly, I don't. But if you do have any will, ability, and it feels right to you, could you please go to day 35 and post a comment in support of Grace? I would really appreciate it if you do that today on Easter, our day of renewal and rebirth. And 
you all mean so very much to me. I appreciate all your communications. I appreciate all that you've given me in this experience and this journey. So until next time, take care because I care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. Side.